0: Hi, and welcome to Around the World in 80s Movies. My name is Vince Leo. I'm the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I invite you to check out over 4,000 of my written reviews you can read anytime. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R dot I also want to let you know, if you go there, you can find my link to my other podcast that covers brand new movies out in the theaters. It is called the Quipster Film Review Podcast. Just head to my website, check the links, and you'll find it. Today we're going to be continuing our second in a three-part series looking at films featuring cyborgs from the 1980s. Last week, of course, we looked at one of the better ones of the 1980s. I guess if you kind of count Darth Vader in The Empire Strikes Back, maybe that would be the best one of the 1980s. But the last episode was Robocop. I very much enjoyed covering that one because that's one of my favorite films of the 1980s. Today, kind of on the other side of the spectrum in terms of quality from RoboCop is a 1989 film called Cyborg. It features Jean-Claude Van Damme with supporting roles going to Deborah Richter, Vincent Klein, Alex Daniels, Dale Haddon, Blaise Lung, Ralph Muller, Haley Peterson, and Terry Batson. The director is Albert Pyun. The screenplay is credited to Kitty Chalmers. It's an R-rated film. It does have strong violence, brief nudity, and language. The runtime is an hour and 26 minutes cyborg is set in the future we start off in new york it's after the dreaded nuclear holocaust every place it's a wasteland of lawlessness of gangland thuggery. jean-claude van damme here stars as a skilled martial arts warrior named gibson rickenbacker he's known as a slinger which i assume is shortened from gunslinger he's like this mercenary for hire who ends up helping refugees He fights for and ends up rescuing a woman named Pearl Prophet from this horde of marauders. And it turns out that that woman is really not a woman any longer. She's rather a cyborg who's been transformed in order to gather information and then transport it to Atlanta on the hope that scientists will end up turning the tide on this widespread plague that has threatened humanity with extinction with that data. However, the leader of the Marauders is the fearsome psychopath named Fender Tremolo, a man who has a history with Gibson. He ruined his life in the past. Fender ends up stealing her back because he wants the cure for himself, and it's up to Gibson, along with his newly found tagalong named Nadie Simmons, to become Earth's last hope. Now, if you're a musician or you're just a music fan, you probably have recognized some of the names that I just mentioned have a lot to do with each other. You have Gibson and Fender and Rickenbacker and Tremolo and Pearl. And I guess you would gather that writer-director Albert Pyun, who wrote this film under his pseudonym of screenwriter Kitty Chalmers, You would think that he's a big fan of music, given that nearly everyone's name can be traced back to music or a major instrument manufacturer. You can add Nady and Simmons and Marshall and Strat to that mix and a few others and wonder if the screenplay was typed up in the music shop, drawing name inspirations by whatever was viewed around the word processor. Reportedly, director Pyong had envisioned this film to be a nearly dialogue-free, heavy metal-dominated operatic western which would explain the emphasis on guitar names and lingo, I suppose. That tie-in to musical electronics is also not far from being the most science fiction forward thing about this film. There are very few special effects shots. The cyborg herself really means little more to the film than being just a MacGuffin. The origin of Cyborg as a film, sometimes it's referred to by its original title of Slinger, it comes as an aborted sequel to Masters of the Universe, something I alluded to in my review. You can go back quite a few episodes and find my review of Masters of the Universe where I mentioned that. It ended up getting rewritten and retooled about a dozen times into this post-apocalyptic western-tinged martial arts actioner that exists today. Almost unrecognizable, I think, from the Masters of the Universe properties. It was filmed on a shoestring budget by Canon Films, or the Canon group, Golan and Globus. Cyborg's only selling point is that it is a starring vehicle for Jean-Claude Van Damme. He was not quite yet at his peak of popularity, but he was popular enough for the studio to take a gamble on replacing the originally intended Chuck Norris to give this burgeoning young action star a chance. This would be a much darker film than most of Van Damme's output in this time, with really hardly any humor to be found within the film itself, although lovers of very cheap-looking sci-fi may get a humorous kick out of the hair and the wardrobe and the B-movie kitsch that this film espouses. Van Damme fans are though pretty forgiving a lot of them really like this movie but I would say for most people this is going to be far from his best work both as an actor and as a martial artist it really doesn't help that the editing is very choppy in this film and it gives little real sense of what's actually going on during the film's many action sequences. Van Damme himself has gone on to say that he really doesn't much care for this film and chooses to ignore it. Maybe there's a reason for that, which I'll get into in a moment. Albert Pion, who would go on to direct many other similarly premised post-apocalyptic martial arts B-movies, including a couple of films that he considers kind of like a cyborg trilogy, he focuses here solely on the action. He eschews much in the way of the dialogue. He even wanted less dialogue than there was in this film in addition to intending it to be filmed in black and white. However, Golan and Globus hated the direction he was taking. They made him reshoot in color and with more emphasis on Van Damme's fighting skills. And it's a basic storyline. You know, you got good guy versus bad guy in the fight for survival. There's not a lot more to it than that than a setup. Pyeon was commissioned to put this film together on a very shoestring budget, using props and sets that were reserved from other canon group films that he was supposed to have been directing simultaneously, namely the aforementioned Masters of the Universe follow-up and a never-produced Spider-Man film that canon had to get out into the theaters before 1990 or they would lose the license to be able to make that film. However, the bankrupt canon could not afford the licenses. In fact, the proverbial checks ended up getting bounced. They couldn't afford these properties any longer. They had to let them go. So they ended up having to make this other film out of what was left of these props and try to make it make some sort of sense. The entire production, from concept to rap, was completed in less than three and a half weeks. Although Jean-Claude Van Damme, who did not like what he saw when he saw this film asked for a couple of more months to work with it, to re-edit it and spice things up and give the fight scenes a better feel for the action because the test screenings were poor. At one particular one, there were 100 people in attendance and only one of them had a favorable opinion of what the film stood for at that time. And believe it or not, despite looking like the shoddy film is slapped together by a gaggle of amateurs, there is a director's cut that has been released on DVD. Reportedly, it was found from a VHS telecine. That was discovered many years later by the original person who was scoring the film together. He had this telescene to try to put his own tracks over it, but then the film was never completed in that state. And that's reportedly the only version that was close to Pyeong's original vision that is still intact. The director ended up re-editing that film from this unfinished and unpolished material, which really has no reference to the plague or its eradication as the main goal, and it restored a lot more of the religious undercurrent. He emblazoned it as the director's cut, and then he sold it himself, you could go to his website and buy it, to those people in the public who were curious, and it ended up getting a fancier release back in 2013 from Germany that splices the poor quality telescene in as one complete movie with the theatrical cut scenes, and that would come out on Blu-ray and DVD later as Slinger, to differentiate it from Cyborg. Even though, if you watch that film, it really does suffer from the videotape sourcing when they keep referring back to that original telescene. The set pieces in Cyborg are very prolonged. You would expect that from a JCVD action flick. They're very absurd. One takes place in what appears to be the world's largest sewer system, and another in this seemingly abandoned factory space that they rented out to accommodate a very large extended melee. It's easily apparent from the way that the scenes are chopped together that they We're using a lot of the same actors multiple times in different shots with different garb to make it look like this Marauder gang is a lot larger than what it actually was. And the rest includes scenes at the beach or the plains areas where there's a lot of junk that they ended up renting to be deposited there to look like there's this post-apocalyptic scenario going on. Jean-Claude Van Damme would end up getting sued for this film, very famously, for nearly half a million dollars. He ended up injuring a fellow actor in the eye. He partially blinded him. He lost sight in one of his eyes because of this prop rubber knife that ended up striking his eye during a fight scene. There was a court case that followed. It revealed that Jean-Claude Van Damme really had a penchant for not being able to pull his punches, so to speak. While he's fighting, he actually would often strike the other actors, mostly because he wanted his hits to look real within the course of the film, and that resulted in a lot of injuries to fellow actors over the years, this one being probably the most serious. Van Damme vowed after that experience to never make any more movies in the United States because he lost that case, but of course, as you know, That did not happen. The violence here, whether you consider it real or fake, within the film, originally got Cyborg an X rating by the MPAA. They considered it way too bloody and brutal, and that prompted additional last minute edits to make this choppy film even choppier. Cyborg may be, I guess you would consider it trash for most people, but I think that Van Damme's clout as an action star would be enough to catapult it to great success nonetheless at the box office. It had a reported budget, as I mentioned, of about half a million dollars, it would score over $10 million at the U.S. box office alone. It would double that in international markets. It was a huge hit for a film company that desperately needed a hit. However, they mostly used it to try to cover some of their debts. They went bankrupt anyway. So with a lot of silly costumes, I mean, you have flashback scenes from Gibson's youth that sees him sporting this really ridiculous-looking blonde mullet wig. There's questionable weaponry here. You know, Van Damme kicks out a switchblade-tipped boot. It really seems out of place here, given that you really did not have to hide any weapons in this post-apocalyptic world. In fact, it's probably to your advantage to let everybody know that you're armed. Cartoonish characters, you have awful music and sound, unconvincing special effects. This is the kind of movie that really should only be attempted by unabashed Van Damme fans or sci-fi heads who really love their post-apocalyptic tales to be as cheesy and violent as can be. If you have a really strong love for B-movies, This is probably going to be right up your alley. I think most mainstream moviegoers would consider this almost unwatchable. Although it is forgotten pretty much by the world, except for Van Damme aficionados, I think that this film would have a very dubious distinction of being one of the films that is featured in Roger Ebert's book called I Hated, Hated, Hated This Movie, which is a compilation of the movies that he gave the worst reviews to over the years. I don't think that's really a feather in the cap for the makers of this film. The entire production really does just look cheap, and it plays like amateur hours at the movies. I would say for a knockoff of The Road Warrior, it is definitely not Mad Max worthy. So I'm giving Cyborg, and I realize it has its fans. And, you know, I posted that I was going to be reviewing this on Twitter. Got quite a few responses from people that say that they actually really dig this movie. So, you know, there are people that are going to like this movie, but I'm far from being able to recommend it. This is not the kind of movie that I would recommend to most people, so I'm going to have to give it one and a half stars out of four. One and a half stars means that I do consider it a pretty poor movie. It's very shoddy. You got Van Damme here, although he's usually appealing he doesn't get to be as charismatic as he is in most movies thanks everyone for listening i hope that you enjoyed this review even though i know that there are a lot of fans who are probably listening to this to try to get a fan take i'm not necessarily a fan take kind of person but even bad ones i find enjoyment in somewhere within me kind of like some of these movies on a certain level even if i don't recommend them to most people and speaking of movies b movies that i probably won't recommend necessarily I'm going to go to Italy for the next movie. It's a film in Italy. It was called Vendetta dal Futuro, but in the United States and other English-speaking parts of the world, it is called Hands of Steel, starring Daniel Green. It also has a John Saxon in it, as a lot of Italian films ended up doing at that time, about an evil industrialist who creates a cyborg who is 70% robot, 30% human, and that is going to be My review for next week so check that out very campy b-movie sci-fi in all the best and worst ways so check that out for next week hands of steel to round out our cyborg films of the 1980s so something to look forward to there for you low-budget sci-fi heads until next time i appreciate everyone joining me on this trip around the world in 80s movies